0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rhythm and Range podcast. It is, let me see, March 6th, Wednesday. We're going to jump right into these current events. Not trying to waste no motherfucking time. Crack going open because this is what I love to fucking do, man. I just love to fucking talk MMA. So that's what the fuck we're going to do. All right. Tony Ferguson hinting a jump to Welterweight? The fuck? Personally, fuck, I mean, it's hard to disagree with uh, Tony's results at Lightweight. I personally would love to see him. I am not going to fucking stop protesting for him to fight goddamn Khabib. Like, God, it's not fucking hard. I hate the fact that he declined the interim title fight with Max Holloway. I understand it. Look, you don't want to win another interim title, but you have to secure your fucking number one spot, bro. You need to secure that shit. If you don't, somebody is going to jump you. And look what happened. Somebody did jump you. Dustin Poirier or Max is going to jump you. Let me see. I'm going to the top 255. El Kakui is currently on a ridiculous 11 fight win streak. A lot of notable people. Wow, RDA, Kevin Lee, Anthony Pettis, Edson Barbosa. these are not pushovers, people. Um, posting a picture of a bench press set. Ferguson said he's bulking up between one seventy and one ninety-five. Perhaps Ferguson could be considering a return to the welterweight, where he won the Ultimate Fight. Oh wow, I didn't even know that that he won the welterweight. Won the Ultimate Fighter as a welterweight. Hmm. Honestly, he'd be fucking scary at one. I don't like when guys at fifty-five. If we're talking about the fifty-five division only, I don't like when guys are around five eleven to six feet. If you're at five eleven, honestly, you need to be up. You need to be moving up. So yeah, this could be fucking scary for people at one seventy. I think the fucking tables. If you're if you're Tony Ferguson and you have a fucking style like Tony Ferguson it's anybody's game it's your fucking it's open season you can go up I mean you know you can't go down but yeah you can go up he's one of the few people I would say because usually when I think when I think about people going up I'm like oh is he gonna get out muscled by the bigger guys the thing about Tony even if you put him on his fucking back he's gonna choke you out so he can do it with a triangle like when he did to Kevin Lee And, uh, yeah, he's fucking dangerous, man, but fuck, man, this was his time, he needs this. he might just be like, fuck it, I'm done with all your bullshit at 55, and I'm fucking moving, but, damn, I wanted to see him fight Khabib, I really hope this isn't happening. Really, really hope. Ben Askren's still crying about how Dana won't sit down with him, like, shut up, bro, you're gonna get your fucking meeting. The whole Matt Hughes domestic violence, domestic violence shit. That's pretty crazy. He never pegged me. I never, I never pegged him as a guy that would do that. To say it simple. But I mean, hey, you never know, right? Dana White is somehow repulsed by me, Ben Askren. <laughs> I mean, fuck, bro. You wear fucking flip-flops with dress pants and a goddamn button-up. That is re- fucking repulsive. It's the definition. He does crack me up, though. <laughs> Anthony John. Anthony John. Sorry, I almost said Anthony Joshua because I've just been thinking about boxing so much lately. By the way, hey, we're fucking Rhythm and Range podcast. We can talk about boxing. This is all things striking. Fuck, man. I know I'm getting off topic, but I so wanted to see that goddamn rematch between Wilder and Fury. I mean, what the fuck? But of course, here we go again. Boxing. Giving us a low blow. A below the belt shot. Shout out to Below the Belt. Love that. But fuck, man. That shit is so... It's a tragedy. Like, this whole fucking story was supposed to play out like this. Okay, we all saw what happened with the fucking Wilder and and Fury fight. Now, you get the rematch, then the winner fights Joshua. I mean, fuck, this is not rocket science. And then you got, now you got Tyson Fury fucking signing with ESPN, which I'm not mad at. I mean, I, I'll watch anything, anywhere. I don't give a fuck. But, if it's gonna deter Fury from, if it's gonna fuck up the, ro- the path to Fury Wilder 2, then, yeah, it was probably a fucking stupid move. But shit, we're going to fucking run over time. So uh, I'm going to jump back to real quick, too, as far as boxing goes. My, March 16th, Earl Spence, Mikey Garcia. That shit is going to be a motherfucking scrap. Can't wait for that shit. I'm kind of favoring Earl Spence. But um not just because he's bigger. I just like his style. I think he's faster. I think he's more dynamic. Obviously, uh Let me see. I want to say this in a way that... I, I'm not trying to say it the same way people like on the mainstream platforms will say it because that shit pisses me off every time I say it, and I'm a fan first and foremost, so that's why I do this shit, because I'm a fucking fan, and I will make sure that shit gets reported correctly. So, I would say that Earl is, I'd say he's just genuine, straight up faster, and I just like his use of range more. I mean, Mikey Garcia obviously has a very good use of range. But to me, he's not flat footed. He's not flat footed. Mikey Garcia is not flat footed, but he strikes me as slightly more flat footed than Earl Spence. And I think, and obviously, okay, not obviously, I say obviously too much. Sport is always decided by milliseconds and uh, half a second and things like that. So the difference doesn't have to be that great, but it's fucking crucial enough. It will make a difference. Mikey says that he does everything Earl does, just a little bit better. I don't know. I don't know about that. But I fucking love that matchup. It's going to be a fucking scrap. And it's exactly what boxing, that is the exact polar opposite of the whole Fury, Wilder, Joshua dilemma. This is the best of the best fighting the best of the best. It's exactly what boxing needs. It's why UFC does better than boxing. And boxing needs to catch up. I mean, fuck. I was a... As far as combat sports goes, I was a boxing fan before I was ever an MMA fan. But... Anyways. Okay, I'm going to switch back to MMA now because I was on a rant there. Anthony Johnson saying he'll only come out of retirement for a heavyweight fight with John Jones. This, this reminds me of, like, people fucking, like... Uh, Campaigning for the Conor fight like you're not gonna get that shit, bro Like you're not gonna get the Conor fight. I fucking love cowboy man. I really do I mean, I was never a super fan of cowboy, but my one of my best friends is he's His favorite fighter and so I came to love cowboys work And he's the winningest fighter and has the most finishes in UFC history, which is two of the greatest records You could ever hope to fucking have however I didn't like that Connor fight for him, man. Especially right now for Cerrone. You need to get to that fucking belt, and that is not. A lot of people might believe it's through Connor, but it's not through Connor. Because. And I'm saying, does that mean. I'm saying, am I saying Connor's not a gatekeeper? No. I would never even say he's a gatekeeper, because to me, that's like a ranked seven or 8th guy, or 6th. However. I just believe that it was not a good matchup for Donald and that fucking Conor would have got his ass. I fucking love Conor ever since the first day I saw Conor fight Marcus Brimage in his UFC debut I was watching that fight live and I was like oh my god this motherfucker is something special and he's something I haven't seen yet as far as the way he would slide and uh, just his overall timing. See the best fighters in the world are not the strongest, they're not the fastest and they're not the scariest. Or whatever fucking other stupid cliché term that the mainstream media wants to peddle. First and foremost, the best fighters in the world are masters of time and space. And that is exactly what Conor is. Now in that Khabib fight, Khabib was the master of space. Space more than time. Because it didn't really matter when he shot that takedown. It just mattered that he was going to shoot it and that was going to be that. But yes, the best fighters in the world are masters of time and space. And Conor's manipulation of range and the timing of his strikes among the best in the, among the best to have ever done it in MMA, I'll say that. Now, all there are things about his game that I would like to fucking change and uh maybe tweak here and there. But yes, yes, there is. There are. But I mean, fuck, for what he's got, he's done fucking amazing. Um, okay. What the fuck was I going to say? <laughs> Probably one of the best shits you could say in a podcast, huh? Um, let me talk about the future of the welterweight division real quick. So, you got Ben Askren saying he would need Tyron Woodley's blessing to take a UFC title fight at 170. Okay, I'm at least happy that he's at least entertaining the fucking idea that he might have to get a fucking blessing even though it's like Alright, me and my people, me and my friends We're just gonna have to know who's fucking better Look at who would you rather lose the belt to? A fucking stranger or your boy? I don't know about you but I'd rather see my boy get that gold and fucking make make good for his family and his life and everything he's doing rather than give it to some fucking stranger. I mean, you always, they always say it. I mean, <laughs> and then if you're kind of selfish too and you want to just get the W, I mean, what do they say? Uh, the devil you know is better than the W you don't. <laughs> so, I mean, fuck. But also it would just be funner too. I mean, I was fucking clocked in hundreds of hours of sparring against one of my best friends. And, uh, who's also a very skilled fucking kickboxer, even though he was very humble and doesn't like to admit too much. Um, it's just fucking funner, like, to fucking throw throw fucking leather with your boy. And so, okay, let's put it this way. We fucking throw leather in, the ba- in, in my house, in the back room with nobody watching, nobody giving a fuck. And it's still fun as, it's fun as shit. I mean, it's the, best, it's the best sport in the world. This is why I do this, because this is the best game in the world. There is no other sport. Like, this is Olympic caliber. But I don't even want us to be in the Olympics, because we already are our own Olympics. We don't need to be in their fucking shit, in their platform. They'd probably water us down anyways. Fuck it. We don't need them. This is bringing the whole fucking world together, this sport. And like nothing we've ever seen before or will ever see again. Because there's nothing that translates to people... Like fighting. It's just in our fucking DNA. It's in our fucking blood, people. We love it. We always will. And man, <laughs> I don't even remember what I was getting at. Oh, yeah, the future of the welterweight division. Okay, I know how I was tying this in. So I'm saying, Ben and Tyron should have just fought. I mean, fuck it. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, or people say, oh, I don't want to crush my friend's dreams and my brother's dreams. Or You're not. You're fucking not. <laughs> I'm telling you right now He would much rather Lose to you Also Than to uh, A fucking r- Strange Nobody you don't know I mean He could be from Another country You might even have to Speak the same language As you You'd rather lose To that guy Fuck Fucking my Homie beats me At least I might get To come over And, uh, and see the bell In his goddamn Living room <laughs> But uh Anyways Ben Kamara Usman Hmm I like it now the question is who has the better wrestling of course I'm not a fucking this isn't rocket science people but I don't know I don't fucking know I think a lot of people thought Ben was a lot more invincible before that last Robbie Lawler fight I mean shit I mean Robbie Lawler came out and he was every fucking bit of the classic Robbie Lawler came out hitting hard busted him up I mean shit I think he kind of laid a blueprint. To be honest, if you want to say something about about that performance, you want a key takeaway. Some uh, Robbie laid out a, a little bit of a blueprint. First of all, Ben couldn't fucking do shit when he came in and clinched on him. I mean, again, this is rhythm and range. We talk about all things striking, but you know, like I said, I'm I'm getting my I'm getting my C legs with wrestling. I'm trying to because I realize I recognize it as a as a crucial crucial aspect of MMA, and you can't fight mma if you don't have at least some bit of wrestling so but again even somebody who's not super technical and skilled at wrestling can see that fucking ben couldn't do shit when he locked up with robbie couldn't do anything yes he got to his back later but that first fucking that first lock up and then uh he even did a fucking i don't even know what it's called but he did some where he stepped through the legs and grabbed a wrist. And he it was like a real high level of wrestling, if you could tell. Something that I don't see a lot of people do ever, almost. And I'm like, damn, I could tell Ben's hit that hundreds of times. Thousands, if not. However, he still wasn't able to get it. Robbie sprawled. He, you know, like, it wasn't a classic sprawl. But he, he stuffed that. He stuffed it. But then he goes to fucking flip him like that. He literally gets him in like a fireman's carry, almost an FU the Johnson, C- and then he just slams. Like Jesus Christ. I mean, fuck. But I'll tell you one thing: that fucking bulldog choke was goddamn tight, and you do not want to be, uh, you do not want to be in Ben Askren squeeze because that motherfucker will put you out. I want to say Robbie went out for about a fucking millisecond, and then. I think Ben some part of Ben realized that he went out and so he let go and then that's what woke Robbie back cuz he got flow again he got blood flow again to the brain so but I mean fuck he has a squeeze okay anyways my whole fucking main point is the future of the welterweight vi- division Ben Askren Kamaru Usman obviously Ben is nowhere near a title shot yet I'm just saying what do you guys think do you think Kamaro or Ben like I don't know I would say as far as hands the hands, the stand-up, because I will critique the stand-up, and I will fucking give my two cents on that, because I've done it, and I know what it's like, and I have a, I'm like a, <laughs> I'm a stand-up striking connoisseur, I have a very picky taste when it comes to this shit, so, and honestly, I did, I was hoping for Camaro to get knocked the fuck out by Tyron, I'm a longtime Tyron Woodley fan, but, man, I, I gotta give it to Camaro and stand-up, like his hand, I would say he hits harder for goddamn sure, <laughs> but and we haven't seen too much of it either, but hey, he does have a stand-up knockout win, which I can't say for Ben Askren. I'm pretty sure all of his victories, all 18 of them, just came from laying and praying. Now, I say that because I'm biased towards the stand-up again. They call it lame prayer, but I wouldn't say Ben's a a, a real traditional lame prayer. I, he does he does some ground pen work, and he'll he can choke you out. So, quiet. Sorry, it's my dog. Piston, shh. Fucking asshole. Okay. Let me see. The fucking shit that pisses me off is that the only thing people can say about Johnny Walker right now is that fucking he injured himself during the celebration shut the fuck up about the goddamn celebration can we talk about how fucking magnificent he knocked that f- oh my he knocked that he made it look like he was like writing code like he was in the mate i don't like to say the matrix too many fucking people use that word it just like he was just in that space where you can do no wrong and fuck for a 14 and 4 guy Man, he should have put up a better fight. I mean, he. I'm not taking away anything from that, from uh, who he fought, but. Man. Sorry for the pause. Thought I heard somebody breaking into my house. Okay, alright, well let's, let me see, let me refresh real quick, let see if this thing knows. No, nothing much really. Alright, we're going to jump into the sports psych, sports psych insights, right off the top. First one I'm going to say, okay, let's go. Playing so as not to lose is rooted in fear, playing to win is based in confidence. This is from the champion's mind again. Jim, the author's Jim... Ah, oh, I forget his name. I'll get that too, but anyways. Okay, playing so as not to lose is rooted in fear, while as playing to win is based in confidence. Right off the top, best example of this, GSP. Now, am I saying GSP is not the fucking best 170 year of all time? No. He is. He is the best 170 year of all time, and he did it in a way... Really, that's you're supposed to do it, and it's just not super fan friendly, especially on the Rhythm and Range podcast where we favor stand up striking. Although George did have his fucking stand up moments in his early career, he had some he had some head kick knockdowns, knock down, not knockout. That's a, he knock I forget who he knocked down with a head kick, but he was good with the. Uh, one thing I always copied from him is a Superman jab to a right low kick. And he was just so smooth the way he did. I'm like, damn, that was fucking good. And nobody does that shit. Nobody still does that shit, and it's been fucking almost 14 years. But uh, but yes, Superman jab. A lot of people don't even Superman jab. They'll just Superman with the power hand, lead the rear hand. But if you Superman jab, boom, that sets up so much shit. You can go. You can even go Superman jab to a lead lead side leg kick. I mean, you got to be a little bit agile. But I mean, fuck, we're all fighters. Who's not fucking agile? Okay. But yes, GSP, going into, tied into what this, uh, key, this insight is, is that he would play so as not to lose. He would fight so as not to lose. What does that mean? He would point fight. You'd just jab and just strike and kind of just, just tip, pit, pat your way to victory. And I mean, there's nothing ah, you know, yeah, a win is a win, but fuck. I mean, you know, we, uh, fans like to see the fucking, you want to see the champ go after it, especially if you're the best in the world. If you're the best in the world, you can go after it. You can even go out and they say, oh, I don't want to go after it. I might get knocked out in the process. Who cares? People are so tired of their goddamn record and everything. Like, fuck it. I would love you 10 times more if you went out on your shield trying to get after, trying to fucking get, bring that dude's scalp home. Than if you were just going to pit pat and jab your way to victory. I mean, yeah, anybody can do that. Anybody can fucking jab their way to victory, okay? It is not fucking rocket science. We used to do drills where we would only jab. And then I just, I remember thinking like, damn, like. While I was doing it, I was like, goddamn. Like, these shits are easy to land. Like, you can just, if you wanted to just do a whole round where you just were only jabbing, you can do it. (laughs) Because I've done it, so I understand. But I mean, shit, that's not the way you, you know, you're not going to fucking, I'm not all big on selling pay-per-views, but shit, you're not going to sell pay-per-views that way. I mean, anyways, GSP would always do that, man, and I knew he had so much more to give, but he would always just, it's like once he knew he had the win in the bag, he would just pit-pat to victory. I'm trying I'm starting to wonder, are we seeing John Jones starting to do this? I mean, kind of just decision, you know, just good, I mean, dynamic and great moves I think that's kind of how he masks it, to be honest. I think he masks it. He masks his boringness with his dynamic strikes. So yeah, he throws a lot of flashy shit, but when you look into the fucking hood, it's all decisions. I mean, yeah, he's had his throwing your Loy- Lyoto Machida win and your fucking Vitor and your Chelsana stoppage here and there and Shogun stoppage. But I mean, in the fights we really wanted to see him in, well, I don't know. As far as me, I really wanted to see him in that Gustafson fight. He wanted the distance. He did... He, Alright, I'll say this for John, because I'm starting to be a fan of him recently. Anyways, he did finish Gustafson the second time, and I give him mad props for that. He should have finished Anthony Smith, though. And I love Anthony Smith, and I was rooting for Anthony Smith. It's just, you know, sometimes you got fights where you like both guys, and you're not going to be mad. Who, whatever, whatever the... Maybe honestly that's the best, t- I don't know if it's the best uh, circumstances, but I like when I, I won't be mad or whatever the result. However, he kind of coasted. He just kind of coasted. Hey! Anyways. Let's go with this one. Give yourself permission to win. lot of times guys go into fights and it's almost like yeah they say all the right things they look the right they have the right mad dog stare but I don't know I something about me in my subconscious when just sizing people up and reading them fighters in general I can sense almost when they're not giving themselves permission to win they're coming like they're almost going through the motions they're showing up but not it's not really in, like, their belief isn't really there and you could fucking feel it. And you don't have to be a fucking, you don't have to have, like, you don't have to have never kickboxed anybody in your whole life to know this. I mean, the average fan can, can, uh, can pick this up too, I'm pretty sure. But, I mean, shit, what happens when you give yourself permission to win? I think you get a Buster Douglas moment. That's the definition of giving yourself permission to win. Because who was Mike Tyson, the unbeatable god of combat? Who the fuck was Buster Douglas at that moment in time? Granted, he was motivated by the passing of, I think, his mother, which would fucking light me on fire. Can't even imagine. But, man, that's the def- I And that just came to me right now. I've never even thought about this to myself. But, yes, Buster Douglas is the definition of permission to win. Giving yourself permission to win. Uh, I wasn't even going to go into this because this is a different book, but from another book I read. Um, fuck, I can't remember the dude's name. George something. Anyways, he played with, Do- this guy played with Dr. J. He played with a lot of great players in basketball. And he always said, in, well, he says in his book that somebody had told him, oh, fuck, how does it go? He Somebody told him, Shut, play as if oh god i'm butchering it this is one of my favorite quotes too i just have so much shit in my head okay you have okay here it is you have to play as if you're better than them until they prove otherwise so you show up thinking breathing just manifesting it all throughout your body and in your mind and everything in the universe that you are better than them until they prove otherwise that is the key thing from that quote Play like you're fucking better until they prove otherwise. Not even until. It's just throughout. Even when they start fucking you up, hey, still fucking play confident. I'm a firm believer in always sticking to the game plan even when they shut it down. (laughs) Because fuck, it's going to get through eventually if you're good enough. So, I mean, and that's just how I believe. And that's just, but then again, that's how champions think. And I'm not, I've never been a champion of anything. I'm just saying, that's the champion mindset. Never fucking wilting, never giving in. But that is so key for me when I read that. I'm like, damn, that's so true. Because when you show up beat, what the fuck good is that? You might as well show up thinking you're Mike Tyson. You know? <laughs> but uh, I think that's only two. I don't know. But let me see. Let's go through. Okay. This is one of my absolute favorites. This is kind of honestly what I say to myself every time I lace them up because it's short and in things like this where adrenaline is spiked cortisol through the roof even for the best of us flow don't force quick flow don't force three syllables easy you can you can tell us to your fighters are your coach quick And what does this mean? Flow, don't force. It means let the play come to you. Don't fucking try to force shit in there. I mean, in football, you see this all the time. Derek Carr, my own beloved quarterback of the Oakland Raiders, he'll force that shit in with fucking triple coverage, bro. You don't do that shit. (laughs) So it's like, but once you get in that rhythm and you start and the game starts coming to you, the fight starts coming to you, your opponent's attacking, but you're seeing the openings. He's giving you shit. That's And then you strike. That's when you hit. And you let it come to you. The best shots I've ever had in my life, the best hits, the best kicks, the best punches, have all come when I just saw it and reacted. They never come when I... Granted, I have had those moments where it was scripted and I planned something out to be in my head and it did come to fruition, but still, the fucking most flush and the most clean shots I've ever hit were all in moments where... I just saw the opening and reacted, and that's where training comes in. You know, you just got to get, it's all about reps, 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 rounds, rounds, rounds. So, yeah, flow, don't force. I just say it to myself. I love that shit. It's quick. Flow, don't force. And that gets me in a loose, relaxed state. I can be, I can be bouncy, but just seeing. You're seeing everything. I think the eyes are so important in fighting, and a lot of people don't talk about people's vision. I always would think about vision because coming from football background. Football background as a ball carrier vision, ball carrier vision is the term. That's what they say. It has a fucking rating in Madden. Somebody can have a less, a lower rated ball carrier vision than you. And that is everything. Because if a running back can't see the fucking hole, then he's dead. And if you can't see the defender, if you can't see where the defender's weight is going, is it even, if you want to break it down even more. So, yeah, I'm just going to call it ball carrier, I'm going to call it pocket vision. Uh, yeah, ball carry vision. Fuck it. Vision. Vision in general, in the pocket vision. You need to have vision. And when those openings come, you hit it and you don't hesitate. Hesitation is no place for a f- in the fighting game. I'm sorry. Like there's other places where hesitation might be good, maybe in the stock market you want to wait for a stock to go up before, you know, you want to you know, all that shit. <laughs> Not in the fighting game. Hesitation, you lose. You get caught watching another guy. That's when you could tell when somebody happens in, you're just watching him. Once you start watching, you're dead. What that's what we saw last weekend with fucking John Jones and Anthony Smith. He got caught watching. And it didn't start that way, but once you start letting a guy like John Jones with some with every weapon in the book, you start letting him throw every weapon in the book out, and it's over because what are you doing? You're just watching his techniques. Oh, I didn't get hit by that. Oh, I didn't get by that. You're just watching. Oh, I got hit by that. Oh well, watch that one. Okay. So you're just watching everything. Watchers die in fighting (laughs) Uh, Let me see let's see what else you got To perform at a champions level be process oriented. i agree with that because It's so not sexy, you know, we all want to be fucking ah Oh my god, like instant success and instant flash and fucking razzmatazz and all that shit, but no process it's every day Getting up going to the fucking gym and you don't want to fucking be there like, cause I fucking sure, as much as I love this shit, I sure as shit didn't want to be there. <laughs> I, cause I knew when my friends were out fucking, ha- you know, talking to bitches and fucking doing all this shit. And I'm just like, damn, I want to be doing that shit. But it's when you fucking go, that's when you really find out about yourself on the days when you go that you did not want to go. And then you come home that night and you're like, shit, man. Some, I've written down, uh, before, uh. Some of the best fucking practices and fucking sparring sessions I've ever had were on days where I did not fucking want to be there and I tried to do everything to not go. Short of popping my own fucking tire. or <laughs> Like, siphoning my own gas out of the car. Why do you ask? Why did I, why would I behave that way? I don't know. I don't fucking know. However, I think it just comes from doing something that you know you have to do or it's just your duty. I don't know. Either way process oriented the boring the fucking bland that's the shit that you need to be focused on and yeah that's cliche people say it I'm just saying it in a cooler fucking way because I'm tired of the same old hard work dedication hard work dedication hard work dedication which I loved when I was a little kid when Money May first hit this spot after the uh, during the run up to the Delahoya fight but shit, that shit got old, and it's old for a lot of people, I bet, because for me, it's old, and if it's old for me, it's probably old for a lot of you, too. So, process-oriented. Athletes play their best when they have only one dominant thought or image in mind. This is so fucking key. This is why maybe sometimes in corners, you just hear them say, hammering home one thing. You got hands up, hands that work, pump the jab, pump the jab, or, okay, Three, two, sit or see no you combo like but simple. You don't want you don't wanna fucking overload and I've never even cornered anybody, but I can already tell. Human attention span, as much as we all like to think we're fucking multitaskers, we're fucking not. Human attention is like a goddamn flashlight in a pitch black room. Shine it on this, shine it on that. People who think they're multitasking are really just f- rapidly flipping back and forth between two subjects and doing neither well. That's just a fucking fact. Think of it like that flashlight in a dark room. You can only shine the fucking light on so much shit at one time. Or not so much, all in one thing. So, give your athlete one thought, one image, one direction, especially in a fucking, if you're cornering and they just got their ass whooped in the first round. You don't have the fucking mental uh, space to deal with all your shit. Sometimes I fucking cringe. Sometimes I see fucking corners where there's three dudes and they're all yelling different things at the fighter. One's fucking trying to go the uh, the rah-rah hype man route. You need to wake up. You need to get in there and punch And another guys throwing out technical instructions like a fucking encyclopedia where you have to be in your logical cold brain, your left side brain. And the other dude... Ra Rah hype man shit is all right side. It's fire. It's the fire part when you get that shit hype But so you got two completing fucking thing uh, Mixtures just going at each other like your guys not hearing a damn word It's like when you're trying to use your phone while charging it, which is, (laughs) it's possible, but it's not supposed to work because you got electrons. The way that shit works is there's electrons on one side of the battery, and when you charge it, it pulls those electrons to the other side of the battery. When you're fucking using your phone while charging it, it's essentially bouncing those shits back and forth. It doesn't know what the fuck to do. It's the same shit. You're confusing him, you're fucking just crowding his brain with noise. sucks, man. Athletes play their best when they have one dominant thought in mind or an image in mind. A lot of times, too, you, people kind of learn easier with images. For instance, uh, I supposedly, I guess, people learn to shoot free throws better in basketball if you tell them that, if you instruct them to sh- shoot like you're trying to make a cookie into the top into the cookie jar on the top shelf in the kitchen. And that's the way they teach people to shoot well they did a study where they taught people that way and they taught people the technical fucking manual way and the people who uh, practiced with the image in mind of a cookie shot of a trying to make a, a ball into a, co- a cookie jar on the top shelf in the kitchen performed better at the end of whatever three weeks or whatever it was anyways holistic images they're called you can look into it let me see oh this is my other one like flow don't force this is the other one be quick but don't hurry don't fucking hurry but be quick (laughs) now it's a fine fucking line people it's a real fine line but it makes so much sense when you think about it you want to be quick but don't hurry because what what happens once you start hurrying you're forcing when you're being quick you are be quick but not too quick you're in that flow zone you're in that good zone where you're just clicking anyways be quick, but don't hurry. That's so important. Especially in fighting, you just think, you know, you're getting in there, you're not waiting, you're not sitting back. You're getting in his face, you're throwing your combos. However, if you notice something, you're gonna pull back, you're gonna pull back and slip that punch. You notice his counter. Come- you start getting on a guy, you'll notice sometimes when he starts loading up on either side. So you see where that loads come from. Oh, pull back. Vitor Belfort was one of the best at this, being quick but not hurting, because he would come in so quick, but if he saw something, you know, pull back. You got to have that right range. That's why this is rhythm and range, baby, because we talk about this shit. We're going to get into the finer fucking intricacies of this shit, because this is kind of like rocket science. Nobody talks about certain things enough in this game, and I aim to fill those holes. And, like, yes, if you go back and watch Vitor... Versus Rich Franklin and Vitor versus Anderson Silva in the beginning seconds before he got knocked out. He would come, he came in so quick, closed the dick on Anderson. <laughs> he closed the distance on Anderson so fast that you could tell Anderson was like, oh shit. he you know, like, had to establish the range again, fill him out a little bit more. Until he eventually uh, clicked and found his fucking his chink in his armor and then just completely leveled him with that front, front kick to the jaw. The only one we've seen. Actually, no, the only one. He's, he got knocked out exactly the same way by Lyoto Machida in his last UFC fight. Vitor did. But either way, something good is always just about to happen. That's a great way to fucking think. Not just in sport, people. In fucking life in general. <laughs> something good is always about to happen. Now, what do you say? Oh, well, sometimes I was thinking that and then something bad happened. Who gives a fuck? Just keep thinking it. You're only going to be at it. It's only an advantage to think that way. <laughs> Anything else is bullshit. Anyways, I fucking came. I ran over my allotted time. Myself allotted time. But that's all for the Rhythm and Range podcast today. I'll be back. Tomorrow, if not the day after. Because, again, I'm trying to fucking put content out faster. And we're keeping you up to date with all the fucking news. Because some of these people don't fucking report shit until the fucking next week. And I can't stand that shit. Because, first and foremost, I'm a fan and I need my fucking news immediately. So, signing off, people. Catch you later.